We're Climb Marketing, and you're listening to the Crux Podcast. This is episode nine of The Crux, the monthly podcast where we navigate through digital marketing strategies, challenges, and success stories. I'm David Olteen, and joining me today is the president of our agency, Jeremy LaPatton, and we'll be discussing staffing an in-house digital marketing team. Hey, David. Happy to be here. So as many of our listeners know, client marketing works with marketing teams across a range of industries. And one of the common challenges that our clients face is figuring out the best way to staff their marketing teams for digital marketing success. So we thought it would be helpful to explore this topic in this month's episode of the podcast. Yeah, so so the two of us both have uh, experience in the past as in-house marketers, uh, but obviously that's not our day job anymore working for our agency now. Um, but first, let's just outline some of the, the major marketing needs that any company should address. Uh, and in particular, Climb works, works with B2B companies. So this episode is going to be a little bit more focused on a marketing mix for B2B business models. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of these staffing priorities and principles really apply to any business. Um, so Jeremy, why don't you first kind of just break down what are the overarching team needs for any digital marketing uh, practice? Sure thing, David. So it's a big list. I mean, there's obviously a lot of pieces just to the digital sphere of marketing that you know a company needs to attend to. Um, but uh, just really high level, those include strategy broadly and you know at the campaign or channel level, uh, content, again, from a strategy perspective, as well as just coordination and creation of content, creative, you know, the actual art, the visual art side of, of the equation. So that's everything from branding to web design, ad creative, et cetera. Social media, again, strategy, but just the day-to-day management. And then, of course, there's an advertising component to that. Email marketing uh, or marketing automation. Again, you know, that managing individual campaigns, but also stitching it together with an overarching strategy. You know, web management, whether it's, you know, the design and redesign of websites in their totality or just the day-to-day maintenance or management. Um, SEO, their technical components, on-page or content-based components to SEO, and then a sort of an outreach element as well. Uh, advertising, and there's a lot of different environments for advertising, but, uh, you know, we break them down most commonly in search, social, and programmatic or display type advertising. And then lastly, analytics and measurement. And of course, like you've got to set it up, but once analytics are in place, you know, just measuring everything that you do, understanding how to report and how to use that data to optimize your activities. So that's the broad stroke. Yeah, absolutely. And it obviously depends on, you know, the size of the company, the budget of the company, and then internal prowess or technical proficiency as well. Um, but let's just get down to it. You know, let's go through that list and just talk about, you know, what is more appropriate to be in-house or, you know, what's better to really to be outsourced. Um, so, so first and foremost, we have just strategy, digital marketing strategy. Uh, you mentioned it just being like your, your overarching direction for your, your digital marketing mix, uh, kind of deciding which campaigns or which channels you really want to be active on. Um, to me, and I think to, to you as well, this is something that's probably best done in-house. Uh, it's really something that's guided by internal knowledge and wherewithal of where the company's trending, uh, you know, product positioning or service positioning and market positioning is something that's that's really internal knowledge first and foremost. Uh, so to me, this is one that's a no-brainer. This is something that's probably should be led at least in-house. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's so intimate and essential, you know, like it's an outgrowth of the core business strategy. Um, and so it really needs, I believe, to be as in internally managed or initiated as possible. Right. And I, I think a lot of times you'll have agencies or, or you know, third party, you know, uh, practitioners or, or consultants. A lot of times you'll get kind of like a sanity check for, for your strategy. But overall, this is something that's that's really got to be driven from within. Yeah, at least the high level stuff. I mean, I, I do think that maybe there are going to be specific campaigns or initiatives that are really specialized and maybe it helps to bring in an outside perspective to guide that one initiative or uh, at the channel level, you know, channel level strategy, whether it's um, search or social media, like maybe getting an outside, you know, perspective on, you know, how to augment or successfully execute, um, you know, wouldn't hurt. But again, that core you know, digital strategy should probably sit internal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next we have content, uh, and that's anything from content strategy to the actual creation, coordination, and deployment of that content. Um, what are your thoughts on on that as in-house versus outsourcing? Yeah. You know, I again, I, I really I think that in-house teams are going to be best positioned to understand their customers' wants and needs and how those meet. Uh, their business objectives. So in an ideal world, in-house teams are going to be guiding uh, guiding that strategy. I will say, like at the, at the smaller end of the spectrum of businesses, um, it may, you know, it may be difficult for a team to, to really be able to drill down um, into the weeds to understand specific content opportunities and topics and and they may simply not have like the bandwidth for content creation. Um, so, you know, high level strategy and how a uh, content strategy and how it relates to the overall digital strategy, probably in house. But if you have a big uh, campaign uh, that's has a significant content play, um, you might need to outsource that, um, you know, and there can be good reasons you would outsource it too. I mean, you know, just, um, there's a million things on people's plates, uh, in house. And, and sometimes, um, you, you know, like if you, if you have a deadline and you want to make sure that a big bulk of content is done, outsourcing, it kind of insulates that content from, you know, the, the, the other things that are competing, you know, on people's calendars. So, right. Right. I think when you have like those those chunkier, like those bigger content projects, like a new website, like deploying content for that or something like that, I think it's a lot of times more appropriate to outsource. But to me, like the day to day, like internally, you're going to have more access to your subject matter experts. You're going to have more access to like the the latest happenings within your business. Uh, so that's really something that should be driven and definitely strategized internally to me. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when you have like a third party, it's almost like a game of telephone, right? Where you know, you're having to route like the third party content consultant through your subject matter expert. And a lot of times it's a lot of coordination with that respect. And I think that works for bigger projects. But to your point, like day to day, blog management, um, that type of stuff, uh, it's it's something that should probably be be done in house. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the other things that I, I feel really strongly because I've seen it go poorly in enough instances, I feel really strongly needs to be managed in house is just the editorial calendar or coordination of 
you know, the, the editorial process, like having somebody who in-house is serving as the linchpin that's overseeing all content activities to make sure that it's all consistent. There's a clear understanding of like timelines and everything's being tracked centrally and things like that. If you, if you don't have somebody who owns that responsibility, that's a real challenge. Right. And you can outsource it, but it feels like a really essential core function. So I would definitely have that on your list. I think a lot of times when that, that content calendar piece is outsourced, you know, the, the third party doesn't have access to like, you know, the product or service focus or really like the latest happenings within the company. And I think that's really when you see like these really stock photo heavy, yeah. uh, you know, content approaches. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really like service or product focused rather than being, you know, more informational or more engaging and, yeah. and authentic, right? Yeah. Um, so to me, it's a little cringy sometimes when you have a, a content calendar that's totally outsourced because it just it tends to be, you know, somewhat robotic and it, it, it's, it's hollow. It, yeah. Right. It's it's like distant uh, yeah. and it's apparent that it's distant. Right. right. So right. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, but on the in a similar vein, you know, you have the creative element and a lot of times that go, goes hand in hand with with content and content initiatives. But creative also has a lot you know broader or, or bigger challenges like branding. Uh, web design goes with that as well, and then like ad creative and and that type of stuff as well. Um, I think this is one that's that's a bit of a mix. Uh, it's probably some it's a field that's good to have some internal wherewithal to be able to tackle, especially for like some of the day to day graphics for like blogging or email marketing or social. At least having some templates in place, I think, is important. But this is one to me that's that's usually people lean on branding experts or, or design experts and for for good for bigger reason. projects. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, if you, sorry to interrupt, but like from my perspective, um, you know, where I think many people would agree that copywriting uh, is a, a skill that like most marketers in any discipline should possess. You know, regardless of what your specialty is, like being able to write in the marketing world is pretty dang important. I think, uh, you know, whereas that's the case with with content, creative and design is, you know, there are a little there's a greater barrier to entry there as far as like technology, like the tools that are necessary to do good design and things like that. And so that's going to weed out, you know, a certain number of people. It's maybe not reasonable to expect every marketer to be proficient with Photoshop and InDesign and all of that stuff. But to your point, like some of that can be done with lighter weight tools and and simpler workflows, but the heavy lifts on creative definitely, you know, yeah. get outsourced in all but the the biggest companies. Right. I, I think if you're an average writer, it's a lot less noticeable than if you're an average designer, right? Yeah, like, totally. Okay. <laughs> or even if you're a bad designer, right? Yeah. That's some, uh, that's some of like the worst or the most egregious. I think like keeping design in-house when you really don't have a lot of proficiency is... It's it's obvious, you know? yes, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. So I think for that's sure. one where we'd probably lean more toward outsourcing, or if yep. if you don't have like a design expert in house, especially. But yeah, well, the um, next one on our list is uh, is one I think we both have strong opinions about. That social media. What do you think yes. about? outsourcing or in-housing social media, David? So I already kind of alluded to it, but I think <laughs> when, you, when you totally outsource, uh, you know, entirely outsource social media, a lot of times it's just so robotic. Uh, it's really stock photo heavy. It's, it's so product or service focused. A lot of times it's, it's completely redundant with like your website copy. It's really apparent that 
whoever has access to these social media channels doesn't really have access to like the subject matter experts at the company <laughs> right. or, or, or like leadership at the company or kind of the direction mm-hmm. of the of the of the company. So a lot of times, like when you totally outsource it, it is it is very obvious uh, because it is just very you know design focused and there's not a lot of authenticity or right. or actual you know it's there's never like on the ground photos of like the employees themselves or the customers and and that more authentic uh, type of content so i mean you're literally at that point keeping the lights on populating the channels because you know just to say that you've done it but and that's not to say that there aren't, you know, folks that can do social media management in an outsourced basis. Well, it's really hard. Like you're working against a lot of obstacles like you just described. Right. And I think even like community management too, right? Like like replying to, to commenters or engagement. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of times like if, if that's outsourced, like the third party doesn't have a lot of direct control or input over like what the response should be. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's really blanketed language and that comes off as very robotic. And that, that even applies to like Google my business, right? Where every single review reply is like a a blanket statement, right? A copy and paste statement. Right. So I think that's, that's something that really you should consider doing in house and Mm it just adds so much more authenticity. One piece within social media, and we'll get to it later that, that probably, uh, does lend itself well to outsourcing is the advertising element, you know, the paid promotion within social media platforms. We'll get into advertising a little later. Right. And I think there's also like an auditing piece too to social media that sometimes makes sense to outsource. Mm-hmm. And that's like having an agency defined for you, like best posting times, sure. uh, kind of guiding your strategy more from like a technical or targeting aspect. I think that that helps. Um, and maybe larger sort of like you know, trying to assess the competitive landscape, social, maybe social listening, if that's, you know, important to your uh, situation. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Mm -hmm. for the most part, like organic social media posts are probably something that should at least be spearheaded in-house. You can supplement it, but usually it's something that, you know, you're the authentic employee of the company. You should be kind of driving that authentic content. So, Mm -hmm. Um, so what about email? Or things like marketing automation. You know, this is one that's, that's I think, really dependent on the size of the company, right? Where yeah. a small company, um, I, I think any company really can kind of tackle like a Constant Contact or like a MailChimp, uh, those types of campaigns and using that software. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're, you're looking at like really robust, like multi-step email campaigns or, uh, you know, having tiers like in a marketing automation workflow, like... <laughs> Good luck tackling that in-house. That's probably something that you need to look outside to at least, again, help you with the strategy piece and technical setup piece. At least until you're a certain size, right? I mean, because, again, it's it's the situation where the market, you know, the limited marketing team in a small company, like say you only have one or two marketers in-house, they have, you know, if they're going to be responsible, like I think our attitude is they should be, you know, setting strategy. They should be, you know, at the hub of content. They should be managing social media. Um, like, like there's that's going to take up a lot of their time. And so if they only have 5% of their time to spend on marketing automation and managing those systems and platforms, like that might not be enough for them to really have a comfort level with setting it up and, and getting it, you know, getting it uh, rolling. I know, that's my attitude. Yeah, yeah, I think this one's a bit of a bit of a mix, but it's really varies on budget and in size for the company to me. Yeah, um, But next, uh, let's talk a little bit about like web design, uh, web development, and web maintenance. Um, this is one 
that <laughs> web design in particular, like designing a new website or developing a new website, I think it's probably the last thing you'd want to see in-house. I think I would, mm -hmm. it, it really depends on the size of the company. If we're talking about a tiny brand new Squarespace website, then that's one thing. But if you're an established, you know, company and, you know, to, to me, this is probably the last thing you should be tackling in-house. And I, I kind of cringe at the thought of... There's a uh, ton yeah. of reasons why a company needs to outsource website development, like the redesign or creation of a brand new website. Like, uh, to have an outside objective party manage the process. You know, if you build a website by committee, it can be disastrous, yeah. right? So just having that third party objectivity can be really valuable. And it also like, you know in-house teams are assailed daily by various demands and com competing priorities for their time and things like that. And so if you, you know, by outsourcing a website project or things like that, you're, you're sort of firewalling it from that, the chaos of like the day-to-day, -day, you know, for an in-house marketer. And you can kind of ensure right. it's going to stay on track. It's going to get done on the right amount of, you know, the right time scale and, uh, and, you know, hopefully stay in budget. Um, right. So, Yeah. Definitely don't want to see in-house teams trying to redevelop a whole new website if they can avoid it. Right. Please don't, especially not <laughs> Wix or something right. like that. Yeah, um, right. But I think on a on a different note, um, like maintenance of the website and kind of like mm -hmm. content management and kind of CMS uh, access and, and maintaining that platform, like to me, that's that's kind of like a crucial must-have position where this is something where you'd hope like a marketing coordinator could tackle, but just like the day-to-day -day updates of a website, um, stuff like publishing new blogs, stuff like altering page content or altering menus, um, even like duplicating existing page templates or, or pages and being able to add new pages. Like this is such a key position for me for to have that in-house wherewithal, no matter what size you are. Yeah. Because trying to outsource that type of work to a web design agency is is usually at minimum a hundred dollars an hour or so, right? Yeah. Totally. Maybe a little bit less if you have a freelance consultant, but at the same time, you know, it's it's just something that's so much more feasible to give to like a a maybe entry to medium level like marketing coordinator and have them tackle. So I really I love to see brands that have the the ability to to do that in-house. It, it as an SEO, it makes it so much easier for me to to kind of get the ball moving on new SEO initiatives or new page content, new blog content, that type of thing. Right. Uh, that's kind of like a must-have position for me. It's like in the internal ability to to manage your website and use your CMS. Yeah, being you know even for a really small company, I mean, you really your team needs to have some basic familiarity and comfort with navigating their CMS and making you know basic changes. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and I alluded it to it a little bit, but let's just talk about SEO now. And that's anything from like technical SEO, uh, that's obviously a little bit more rigorous, but anything to like on-page SEO, outreach, and then even like there's the content strategy piece of SEO as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what's, what's your thoughts on that? I'll, I'll let you go yeah. first. Here. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. Like to do SEO well, it requires a team effort. So SEO is can't be one person's responsibility like in our experience like you really need to have kind of a an seo mindset i would say across the team but just a level of awareness that like you know all these different pieces like content and technical aspects and link building and all of these things all matter you know pr and outreach they all influence your performance in search um and so while a company probably can't even like large companies often, unless you're very enterprise probably can't justify having a full time in-house SEO strategist or specialist. Um, 
because you know most companies aren't going to need their full-time effort to get the job done that needs to be done it is really specialized work and um it it really a lot of seo uh, work really lends itself to being outsourced you know for that reason because you know seos are expensive and to hire a full-time seo in-house when you really might only need a quarter of their time just doesn't make sense you know yeah, this is something to me that you should outsource 100% of the time to me. Um, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just right. kidding. But it's really, you only see, you know, either like major e-commerce brands or like a lot of times you'll see like conglomerates or like multinational companies that have a ton of website properties. That's really the only time I think that you can justify having like a full-time SEO. Agreed. Um, it, you know, I could find work probably for a, a bigger B2B company for a few weeks with 40-hour work weeks with, with like explicitly working on SEO. Uh, but beyond that, it's it's, it's kind of tough to justify, yeah. Um, like you know, continuing to pay someone for years upon years if you don't have again a lot of different website properties or like a an e-commerce website with thousands of pages to to really work on or, or constantly expanding content. So yeah, I think this is something that it's it's a really specialized field too. So it's it's nice to have that that third party expertise. Um, but it's something too that I think you should have some internal wherewithal and prowess with at least basic understanding, especially of like on-page SEO and kind of best practices for yeah. metadata and content op- content optimization. That's great. It's also really helpful, uh, in my opinion, to have like internal wherewithal for like backlink uh, acquisition and and kind of that outreach piece. It's really tough sometimes yeah. for third-party SEOs to get involved, especially like you don't have a branded email, you're not part of the company. To, to plead for a, a backlink for a, a website that you're not, you know, you're not really affiliated with that company uh, internally. Yeah. It's really helpful to have that that piece in-house, right, where they're really active on outreach and reaching out to webmasters about acquiring backlinks and really uh, aware of, like, the value of backlinks. That's that's a piece yeah. that's really helpful to have in-house. And that all, whether it's the on-page on or the outreach or whatever, that cuts to that mm-hmm. idea of, like, an SEO mindset. Right. So let's talk about advertising, digital advertising as a as a, uh, you know, a capacity that, you know, is really important to lots of businesses. But, uh, you know, the question of whether it should be in-house. Right. Or- to me, this is one that's similar to SEO, right? You should have some basic knowledge about mm. digital advertising practices, about how budgeting and bidding and the platforms work themselves. It's probably not something that you're going to have a ton of technical depth uh, of expertise in, though. Uh, so it's right. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my experience is like increasingly each of the advertising platforms are getting more and more complex. Um, uh, You know, there's, you know, sophistication that's being added every day. uh, But and and the interfaces change all the time and and things like that. And if you're, you know, spending that 5% of your work week uh, in, say, Google ads or something like that, you know, is that person really going to have the comfort level or familiarity to do it properly, right? And if, from our experience, there's a lot of things, um, you know, that you can miss or mess up and spend a bunch of money ineffectively, uh, you know. And so when ad budgets are on the line, having the accountability of like a third party outsource situation, I think is really valuable. And because you get that level of specialization, but you also get you know, sort of some certainty that it's being done, right. you know, professionally. Right. I will and, say that, of, like that of any of these practices, this is probably one of the most budget prohibitive, right? Where 
if you're only if you only have five hundred dollars yeah. a month, like you're probably not looking to outsource that because your yeah. entire you know budget will go towards your your consultant or your agency. Um, so the, it is a little bit dependent on budget, but all in all, I think I think your point on it's it's a technical field, an increasingly technical field. So I think it's important to consider outsourcing. Um, but but buttoning everything up, we have analytics, right? And that's anything from implementing analytics tags and getting tracking in place. Uh, down to like day-to-day measurement and, and reporting. Um, what are your thoughts on analytics? Yeah, I mean, setting up uh, tracking, uh, you know, for the first time, you know, can be a little bit, uh, you know, complex. Um, and there's definitely things, best practices that you want followed. And if you're not doing it all the time, um, it's going to be hard for an in-house team to do that properly. So that's a good, uh, you know, area, the implementation piece, a good area to outsource. Um, but but sort of like SEO, SEO, you you might not have like a full time or even a fractional employee on your team with like analytics and measurement in their title, but measurement and being able to account for and report on the performance of all of your marketing activities in the digital space is so important. I can't I can't tell you actually how many marketing teams team members like don't know how to access their Google Analytics account. Right. right. <laughs> and don't know how to look up what where their traffic is coming from and things like that. And I feel like that is unacceptable. Like, you know, like you got to be if you're going to be accountable for the work you're doing, or, uh, you or, know. Or yeah. you occasionally see the instance where you can you can see the tag implemented on the website but no one knows who the email who that owns it is, right? And then it's just <laughs> right. like yeah, it's right. lost in the ether forever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like we're talking about outsourcing digital marketing work, like how could you justify paying any third party, you know, for for digital marketing work without being able to to measure or track their performance, right? So to me like yeah, that's right. you have to have internal knowledge and at least a basic understanding of measuring acquisition like measuring conversion acquisition, uh, it's it's huge. It's it's crucial. Otherwise, you know, you really can't justify your budget when the execs come knocking, right? So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like copywriting too. Like you know, I feel like uh, everybody on the team should have some basic understanding of analytics and how to access that data. And yeah, stuff like that. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the the major fields or, or mix uh, within digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it, it really depends on size, budget, and ambition for for all of those, right? But but beyond yeah, that, absolutely. I think that the challenge we think so like we think so focused on digital marketing. But beyond that, there's traditional marketing and advertising efforts. You know, there's trade shows, there's print marketing, you know, radio, TV, billboards. Um, and I think a lot of times don't do billboards. Yeah, don't, don't do billboards. <laughs> but I think a lot of times, you know. In-house marketers are so bogged down by a lot of these traditional efforts, especially in the B2B space where like usually trade shows and exhibitions are so active. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of times like you have to consider that too. Um, but yeah. but ultimately it's really about defining your budget and then defining, you know, what pieces are in this overall marketing mix and then kind of assigning them accordingly, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's no, as is evidenced in the, you know, our ramblings today, there's no one right answer, right? It's a, it's a, every, every company is a jigsaw puzzle. You have a certain size or ambition or goals and a, um, you know, a budget that you're working with. And so the puzzle pieces are going to fit together differently and, you know, uh, based on what your focus is. And so, um, but like you say, David, it's just first and foremost important that you be mindful of all of these different things and 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 understand how you're going to accomplish them 
you know, like they have to have a spot in your budget. Like you say, you brought up budget. They got to have a place in your budget and you got to know whether is that an in-house, a staff person's going to satisfy that or is it a consultant, an outsourced, you know, solution or whatever. And then, and then you go from there. Right. Right. And I think really the best in-house marketers are just the ones that define that really well. Right. And define, mm-hmm. define responsibilities really well and delegate really well. So mm-hmm. I think that's really what it's about. Yeah, man. Um, but that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, or if you have some experiences of your own about staffing an in-house marketing team, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at the crux at climbmarketing.com. And there's always a chance that we'll feature you on a future episode. So please give us a shout. Um, if you did enjoy the show, you can subscribe to the Crux Podcast on your favorite platform or leave us a review and let us know what you think. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Climb Marketing. Uh, we're always posting our latest episodes and a lot of other digital marketing tidbits and, and, and goodies and blogs and what that, whatnot. So uh, thanks for listening to the Crux. Uh, and until next time.